sitcoms in general are business things. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Everyone believes the lie that you can be an entrepreneur if you just Google how to do it. I do think it's very odd that there are people in the world who care enough about being good at business that they want to, to dedicate time to researching it, but don't care enough to actually learn and instead just look it up on WikiHow. Mm, maybe that's yeah, the first step, though. It's an interesting thing that I like a, a phenomenon of sorts that I've noticed that people, uh, especially young people, will talk about wanting to be like successful or like have a business or get rich. Yeah. But they don't talk about the things that they want to do to get there because yeah. Yeah. one, nobody knows the things <clears throat> that you do besides steal the money. And two, right. they don't want to have to do the work that it would take to earn a living, let alone the work that it would take to become a scam artist who's charismatic enough to scam people out of money. Yeah, that's why none of us are rich. <laughs> I do think it's funny that no one, not even extremely successful business people, really know what it takes to make a successful business. They just yeah. join on to them after they're successful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You all it requires is that your dad gave you money. Yeah. Like, there are lots of people who have worked in successful businesses, but it seems to be mostly random and based on a rich person being like, I'm going to fund that, and then that becomes successful. But, like, it, no one knows why some things rise above the noise and so other things don't. There's nothing yeah. special about Papa John. <laughs> the pizza's bad, and the man is bad. He uses, for some he reason, uses good ingredients, Matt. He doesn't. He uses better ingredients, according to all of those advertisements. Better than what? Yeah. Other bad pizzas. Other bad pizzas. Mm -hmm. Other, comma, bad pizzas. Bad <laughs> italicized to emphasize mm -hmm. the badness of it. Mm -hmm. Like Michael Jackson's album. Yeah. Bad mm -hmm. pizza. Yeah, the title was italicized. His Al. album, Bad Pizza. Yep. You say his collab with Weird Al like you're making a joke, but also, he was a real big Weird Al fan. <laughs> Who yeah. isn't? Every sane person is a Weird Al fan. Coolio is not. Who? Coolio. No, he said he regretted that later. Yeah. I did now like, he's a big... I did like the now. cameo uh, in Weird that was of good. a guy who's obviously Coolio looking really pissed off in the audience. <laughs> yes. And because of, I feel yeah. like you're either born a Weird Al fan or you live long enough to become a Weird Al fan. Yeah, that's that's what I'll say. <clears throat> Just like Harvey Dent said. Mm -hmm. I like that the timeline in that movie meant they needed to have Coolio being mad at Weird Al in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before the song that he was parodying was written. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful it's, movie. <laughs> there's so many scenes where Weird Al comes up with the parody before the song and yeah. it's funny every time. Yep. Oh, that's a great movie. I watched it twice now and I enjoyed it both times. I think I might need to watch it again. I the fact that Madonna was on board with it uh -huh. enough to like talk to the actress playing her and go through stuff. And then what happens to Madonna's character in that movie <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> yep. No no it's a great movie. Ugh, no so no notes. No notes, Weird Al. Mm -hmm. Only rests. Is that anything? No. A bad joke. Oh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> That was too mean. I'm sorry. 
No, it's fine. That's our bread and butter on this podcast. Being too mean to one another. We can't talk oh, about Oh, well, that again. too, I suppose. <laughs> the podcast lubricant is being... <laughs> no, we can't! <laughs> Wait, is that a good subtitle for our show? Hacknet colon the, the podcast lubricant? <laughs> yeah, it makes it uh, so much easier to listen to other better podcasts now that you <laughs> yeah. know where the bottom is. I yeah, do sometimes feel true. like... This is this is something I feel for like responsibilities in my life that I find it so much easier to get things done when there's another worse thing out there that I am avoiding yeah. doing. Yes. And I feel like this podcast could be that for people where they're like, well, at least I'm not listening to hack the net. <laughs> so, all these other podcasts must be good. Yeah. That's a ringing endorsement, Matt. Thank you for that. <laughs> Well, listen, I calls them like a season. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Louisa, what did you do this week? Uh, this week I've been working on my little projects like I always do, but I've been watching mm -hmm. Columbo while doing it. So now I'm into Columbo, nice. as everyone that online is. That new HBO one? <laughs> is this a joke that I don't get? Isn't there a new HBO Columbo? No. No, that's a different, that was a different guy. What's the new HBO series that's an old detective show? Uh, God, I can't. It's not know. Matlock, is it? I'm trying to think like, of what my grandma watched. The, the Murdoch <laughs> Mysteries, maybe? Hold on, I gotta look That's this up. Let's go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, so everyone online is watching Columbo because the channel Tubi, which is a free channel. Perry you get, Mason. Oh, Perry there we go. Mason is the one that they did a new one of. Okay, thank you. He's okay. a Sorry. coroner, right? Uh, down and out defense attorney. No. Oh. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, never mind. Uh, so... Tubi, the free channel, which you can, you know, put on any computer or TV, has the full run of the TV show Columbo on it. So you can watch oh. all, I think there's a total of 10 seasons over a total of 30 years. <laughs> it's very complicated, but yeah, it's they're the all American, there. it's the American Poirot. Yeah. So the first couple of seasons, the first season had shows that were about an hour long. And then from that point on, they became a, a sometimes Sunday murder mystery movie. So oh. those episodes are longer. They're about two hours. Well, without commercials. They're like an hour and a half. And How many times can you say just one more thing? You know? <laughs> yeah. And every time you have time. It, precisely one more thing. He doesn't say that at all in the first season, and I was really starting to get angry about it. <laughs> Am I watching that. the wrong show? <laughs> That's good to know it's on Tubi. I can uh, save some space on my hard drive, because I did download all, all of Columbo. Mm, okay. Why? Because uh, I wanted to watch Columbo because I watched the first episode of Poker Face, agreed to only watch it with my partner, and was like, I need more of this. Yeah. <laughs> for whom does the Columbo? It bows for thee, Jeff. Did you know about Mrs. Columbo? Yes. Which is uh, fucking is that ridiculous. Not what Poker Face is? <laughs> no, it's starring Kate Mulgrew as the never seen oh. uh, wife of Columbo as a way to get Peter Falk to not be involved in a Columbo series. <laughs> scam him out of the rights or whatever. Yeah, that's I mean Kate Mulgrew is <clears throat> Kate Mulgrew is a great actress, so that is making me actually interested in this show. I'm well, very that, interested no, no, to no, see no, what no, that's no, like. No, no, you're not. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it got terrible ratings. It was canceled quite quickly. And antithetical to everything in the show for, to that point. He, he 
we're supposed to believe that in 1978 or whatever it is, he married a 21-year-old. I think she's like 21 at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she ridiculous. must be young. He's, talk- he's been talking about his wife since 1968 when the show started. Yeah, but that's his dead wife. There's two wives. This is his second wife. Anyway, it makes me very angry that they set it up like you never see his wife. It's just one of those things. He talks about her. (laughs) Clearly, she's an equal to him in their relationship. And then later they decide, who do we want to put on TV? Oh, this uh, 21-year-old. Yeah, she can do it. Ugh, gross. Anyway, apart from When are we going to get the series about Norm's wife from Cheers? That's what I want to know. Vera. Vera, I want to say. Yeah. When are we going to get the series about Andy Capp's wife and her domestic (laughs) abuse trial for beating him over the head with a rolling pin? To be honest, I don't think any jury would convict her. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. He is always sleeping and eating those hot fries. I know. He stinks of hot fries every night when he comes home. (laughs) Andy, I can't believe it again. You got drunk on potato snacks. I made dinner and you filled up on these wretched snacks all day out of the vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can see them doing a gritty reboot of Handicap because they think it would be popular. I a reboot starring the uh, mascot Gritty? I like that idea. I do think that, yeah, we're just going to blaze past that joke. Um, <laughs> I do think that there is a very real chance that they're going to do give the Archie treatment to oh, yeah. the like depressing comic strips of that era as well at some point where it's like you know maybe Andy Cap is the main character but Dagwood is next door and the Lockhorns are always crashing their car in town or whatever. Oh, I am like one hundred percent sure someone has been trying to pitch a Blondie yeah. like soap opera Riverdale style for a long time now. <laughs> I mean, you've already got the theme song because of that band, Blondie, you know? It's true, that is the name of a band. Yep. Heart of Glass? I'm trying to figure out which one of their songs would be. I don't really remember. I I was thinking of, hey, what is that called? What's going on? Whether that song is, but that's for non-blondes, not Blondie. Yeah, they're the opposite. Could you put that song at the end of this episode? We've named so many songs, but I'll I'll try. (laughs) Put them all at the same time. Oh, God. (laughs) Layer them over each other. Do a mashup Uh, of four non-blondies is what I'll call it. Oh, wait. Now this is some girl talk shit we're getting on now. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm all about now. Anyway, if you're interested in a real show that's good, (laughs) it's Columbo. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it very much as a background thing, because uh, the idea with Columbo is you find out right away who did it, <clears throat> and then Columbo needs to prove it for the rest of the episode. So, Do you just yell at him the whole time like Dora the Explorer? Yeah. Is that not how you participate in all TV shows? Yeah. I wonder where the murderer is, he says, looking around. It's behind the couch! <laughs> We all yell. And then it comes up on the screen when it's time to throw your rolls of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a Rocky Horror Midnight Show thing? You both said something at the same time. What? <laughs> we both said basically the same thing, which is that we can't figure out what you're referencing, because if it's Rocky Horror, nothing comes up on the screen to tell you to throw things. Yeah, yes, you does. have to just know or else they all make fun of you. <laughs> no, during, what do you mean it does? <laughs> during the introductory uh, play-alongs, they do have it come up on screen. 
introductory playalogs. Yeah. Yeah, this all sounds really made up. <laughs> I mean, I guess they do they flash give it up on you screen. like now's the time to throw your toilet paper. They do. Throw your spoons now here in this screening of the room. <laughs> Are spoons I mean, I guess there is like room? an orientation or whatever, but during the actual movie, they never thought that it would get popular enough that people would want to throw whatever no these are these are like spliced together by i guess fans movie theaters like this isn't official but it does i've never you. seen a version that has instructions yeah, on I know. the screen though i wish <laughs> i wish they did i mean that would be very helpful to me a person who doesn't really care for that movie yeah listen i it's... know but the movie theaters have made them like you wouldn't see it because you'd have to go to a theater that was doing it yeah, I've been to the theater where they do it many, 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 many times because all of my friends in high school were into it, even though it's a bad movie. <laughs> yes, I know all that, but there are some that made it so that it would tell you what it was going to be. That's all. That's a great idea, and I think you should market it, Louisa. Mm, I feel like it's already happening, and therefore not really something I can market. It sounds like a beautiful, twisted fantasy you had that you need to make real. I agree. A dark, twisted fantasy. Was that a yeah. Kanye West album? Yes, yes it was. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I, I'm i fascinated by stuff like Rocky Horror getting an unironic fan following. I love how you kept us hanging there for so long, Jeff, and I really thought you were going to be trying to tie it back to Columbo, and then you didn't, <laughs> and it's so good. No, it Why just, are you fascinated? Just because it wasn't because, a great movie? It caught on because it was kind of a crappy, weird movie that tries a lot of stuff and doesn't succeed at any of it. Um, and then now it's been so long and twisted so much that people just have become post-ironic and like it completely without any, like, wink at the audience. <laughs> I feel like I like it on its own terms. I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's doing something weird, and I think it does a good job at that. It's interesting that even though it it does a lot of things very well, but none of those things work with each other very well. Like, the music is quite good at times, but it doesn't really fit with the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And, like, the, the costuming is very interesting, and the, like, I don't know, the only thing that's really bad is the script, <laughs> which is terrible. <laughs> I think for, like, Makes being sense. a um, uh, stage musical, it didn't really need to have that much of a plot. And then when you see that in a movie, that's always like, well, where's the plot? Like with the movie Cats, the same thing. You're yeah. like, well, did they not write a plot? They didn't have to when it was on stage. Is movie adaptations of stage musicals the new movie adaptations of video games where we realize that it's, like, not a good idea because it will never work well? Yes. <laughs> I feel like they're impressive if the movie has enough, I mean, Cats is the exception, but if the movie has enough money to really do a great job that you couldn't do on stage, then it's something. But like Rocky Horror, they didn't have the money, which I think is good in their case because they're about a bunch of weird creeps and it's weirder and creepier to not have the budget to do like great <laughs> costumes. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm trying to think now if I've ever seen a movie adaptation of a stage musical that I thought was good. Little Shop of I've Horrors. I've seen ones that... What's this? Yeah, Little Shop of good. Horrors. Oh, yeah, that is very good. Ah, because they but, had the, the money to do that great puppet. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's so many that they've tried and have been fine, but not 
good. Like, um, Les Mis a couple years ago was fine. Same director as Cats. <laughs> well, there you go. They were like, yeah. this guy can do no wrong, and then he made Cats, and they they were incorrect about that. Yeah. Every choice I mean, made he, in the, that film was wrong. He did make a lot of wrong choices in Les Miserables as well. So. Yeah. The trouble with that one, usually, I think, for a musical is, because it was based on a book, it has too much plot. <clears throat> That's true. It really rushes through a lot of very important things. Yeah, and it's like, okay, now we're going to go to the barricades. You're like, wait, who are these guys? <laughs> Why barricades? are they in the sewers now? <laughs> what happened to... How did this guy end up in the sewers with this other guy? And they're in it for so long. <laughs> He's a teenage mutant ninja turtle. That's the crossover. <clears throat> Maybe that's the inspiration, yeah. That's the, yeah, the inspiration for Les Mis was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. (laughs) All right, so I recommend that everyone watch Columbo. It's very good. (laughs) Jeff, what did you do this week? Um, I yesterday decided on a whim. Well, I didn't decide yesterday, but yesterday is when I executed the plan. Uh, But on a whim, decided to go visit uh, New Haven, Connecticut to to try one of the uh, one of the places that has a somewhat credible but probably not 100% true claim to having invented the hamburger sandwich. Mm -hmm. Uh, I specify hamburger sandwich not because I'm insane but because (laughs) uh, hamburger of course could refer to any minced beef. Uh, mm-hmm. Or simply minced beef in a patty, cooked. Um, or a person from the ta- town of Hamburg. That's true. Ich bin ein Hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to... I They specifically claim to have invented putting one of those uh, pucks of meat onto toast and serving it uh, as a sandwich. And, now, so, yeah. patty melt. Not Here's quite, because you would put the patty on the bread and then grill it like a grilled cheese for a patty melt, right? I don't think so. All of the cheese is melted. I think the cheese would take too long to melt if you had a layer of bread and a layer of meat insulating it. Although, I don't know, because it, I mean, it takes a fuckload of time for the cheese to melt on any sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I, I've it's always... so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always thought a patty melt was uh, basically like a grilled cheese, but with a hamburger patty on it. I always how do they melt the tuna the the cheese on a tuna melt broiler? Yeah, mm. I do. Is that what they do with a patty melt? Maybe they might. Patty Could melt be. to me is a, a hamburger with rye bread as the bun instead of a bun, and it almost always has um, sautéed mushrooms and onions on it. Interesting. The fact that your criteria for a patty melt doesn't include melted anything is insane, Louisa. <laughs> well, I no, thought we were taking good. it for that's granted part of it. that there's melted cheese. Yeah, but you have to say it. If you're, if you're defining the item, you have to say that part, I think. Melted cheese. Nowadays, I really like to melt the cheese on a sandwich in the air fryer because it only takes like two minutes. That's pretty great. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Are you um, making grilled cheeses in there? No, I'm not, but I'm making tuna melts in there. Hmm, I wonder if you can make a grilled cheese in there. I always have the problem with my grilled cheeses where... I, once the bread gets perfectly done, the cheese all around the edge is melted, but right in the center of the sandwich, you get a little bit of unmelted cheese. 
Ugh, it's miserable. Are you cooking mm. it over medium heat? Because that's what I do, and it's very good. I do medium low, and it still doesn't go. Don't understand. Get a get a, a press for it. Heat a up that press, press, and then put like put that on top. I have an iron. Does that count? Yes. Yeah, like Cook an eighties movie. <laughs> yeah, make like a yeah. grilled cheese with an iron. Uh, I I'm getting the impression that a patty melt is in fact. Uh, as Wikipedia defines it, between two slices of griddled bread. Ah, traditionally okay. rye or marbled rye. Um, Interesting. That's, that's so what I'm... So this wasn't rye. No, this was, this was a, a bread toaster from 1929 mm. and a uh, vertical cast iron, like, fire grill from 1895. Mm. Uh, that they still use to cook in this shack that is also the or like original place from 1898 or something. Uh, that they sounds like a pretty funky little shack. Mm, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't get it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it's but... a little place where you can get together and eat some burgers. Oh mm. right, the Rock Lobster. <laughs> They would have rock uh, lobster, well, lobster burger. That would too. be an interesting. <laughs> I'd have to go a little north of New Haven for that. Yeah. To Bangor or Portland. The well, you can't one. walk down the street without tripping over lobsters. Yeah, they have lobsters instead of stray cats. Mm-hmm. Um, the band? Yeah, they have lobsters instead of the stray cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good. I think that's a good substitute. That's the one with uh, Ted Nugent in it, right? <laughs> No, no. It's Brian Setzer. Yeah, okay. That's they were they were those rockabilly ones, not those hillbilly scumbag ones. <laughs> I see. Is it rude to call Ted Nugent a hillbilly scumbag or just accurate? No, he's I wouldn't from... be surprised if he called himself a hillbilly scumbag. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think he's from Flatlands, mm, but he <sighs> pretends to be yeah, a hillbilly. He definitely pretends. To he be still one. lives in Flatlands, like the book. Yeah, he's uh, Flat Stanley. He lives in Flat okay. Stan. That's what I meant. No, he would be a hillbilly. He's from Michigan. That's got mountains. That's got hills. <laughs> Is that the <a> defining <sighs> characteristic of if a place can have hillbillies or not? It has to have hills to have a hillbilly. I guess so. You got to hide I your would, moonshine still. Otherwise, it just somewhere. has hicks. Mm, okay. I would argue that without the bun, it's not a hamburger anyway. You didn't invent anything. You invented this thing that no one eats, which is mm. a hamburger on bread. Ah, but we do, we can pinpoint the origin of the hamburger bun, and it uh, is like a decade and a half at least after hamburger patties started being served on bread, which... Mm. Like it would, they started making hamburger buns in response to the demand for special bread to serve as part of the hamburger sandwich. This is making me feel the way I feel sometimes when I watch that Tasting History YouTube channel where they go into depth about somebody inventing something that was just a worse version of what later was good. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. You didn't invent anything. Someone else invented a good thing off of your bad idea. Well, that's the thing. There's no, like, perfect moment, which people love to talk about in food history. Like, this one perfect moment where this person invented mm-hmm. this dish, but that never happens. I tripped and spilled my tomatoes exactly. into your bowl of pasta. <laughs> I yeah, accidentally the, uh... put a hamburger between these two slices of bread. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, the the like Wikipedia page for this place and for hamburger history is like, eh, it's simple enough that probably a bunch of people invented it around the same time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was interesting to have like we we know for sure that this place has been serving this thing for uh, this long. So it was interesting to try like. Yeah, you know, the hand the fresh hand ground meat put in the like old timey thingy. It's pretty good. That's cool. I will say that I've discovered that fresh ground meat in burgers is so much better than store bought ground meat. Yeah, it tasted like beef. Like it had yeah. a flavor like it was not uh particularly well seasoned, but still had its own particular like specific subtle flavor to it. That's pretty yeah. good. I think the reason why I thought Ted Nugent was in The Stray Cats is because of Cat Scratch Fever. Yes, for sure. <laughs> that would be a very good themed uh, uh, song from him. Although I guess they had a theme song, didn't they? We just keep coming up with Girl Talk mashups this episode. We can't stop ourselves. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was pretty good. Went around to a couple bookstores in New Haven. Uh, real fun to take that Metro North train, but gosh it's expensive which leads me right into the next thing i discovered that i learned on the train back from new haven which is that amtrak is uh like slicing the prices down so far on all northeast uh like up and down the east coast trains so you can get from if you Go on a train that departs after 7 p.m. and before 5 a.m. or something like that. You can go from, like, New York to Atlanta for 20 bucks or something. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh So, wait, was it expensive for you to get to New Haven and cheap to come back? Is that what you're saying? No, it was the same. It was the the ticket both ways was the same. It was a a round trip was, like, $36.50 or something. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's a great price. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it felt bad compared to I could take yeah, it to but... I could take a two hour train ride that doesn't leave the city and it would cost me two seventy five. Yeah, but you wouldn't go as far. Yeah. Here's the thing, Jeff. If if you're coming from outside like we are, like I would have to to get to New York City, drive to Trenton and park practice, there practice, unless practice. I wanna unless I wanna change three trains, which obviously I don't. So to take a direct train. Drive to Trenton, park there, pay for parking there, and then get on a train that costs sixty goddamn dollars to get into New York City, and that's it. Yep, it's true. Now you can take the Amtrak from Philly to <laughs> New York for five bucks if you leave in the <laughs> evening. <laughs> yeah, if I if I if live around the margins, to, you have to get to the train station at four fifteen a.m. Though that's the only downside. <laughs> <laughs> to wait for the seven p.m. train, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway uh that's all i've been up to trains what are you what are you up to louisa nope <laughs> matt <laughs> try again all right louisa was watching colombo how about you matt yep uh so this past week was saint patrick's day on friday Ooh. as we all know and we all celebrated it by stereotyping irish culture i'll take um, any opportunity to eat a corned beef frankly that's true those corned beefs are so good I, I every year I have a corned beef for St. Patrick's Day. It's delicious, and then I'm like, I'm going grocery shopping. There will be cheap corned beef. Mm-hmm. Will I cook it before next year if I buy it? And I never do. It'll so still be good by next year. 
I mean, it they really corned well. the hell out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just shriveled um, no. it right down to a little beef jerky. <laughs> I decided this year not to buy a cut rate uh, after St. Patrick's Day corned beef, but they are me. so good. Do that. Yeah. And you can't find them the rest of the year, so yeah, maybe which really I made sucks. A Although you can find Any- brisket, so you can make your own, but then it's even more expensive. And it takes you for fucking ever. It's true. Making that corning liquid, whatever it's called, is takes a million years. Salt water? Brian? I mean, got him. it's got other stuff in there. Freaking got his ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, but in addition to that, I wanted to watch some movies about Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I watched a couple, the the ones that you would expect. Banshees um, of Inisherin. Well, I watched the new one, Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. Which is an excellent movie. Yes. Uh, I I genuinely did. Have you guys both seen it? Yes. I have not seen it yet, but I really want to. But I keep I always forget to watch movies that I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I Louisa, enjoyed you it. Said you have, but it's very yeah. sad. Which I guess is the Irish movie experience, really. Yeah, I thought the all the trailers bill it as like a dark comedy. Yeah, and it is not. I mean, it's very dark, and it is a little bit funny sometimes. <laughs> it is funny, but I don't think it's ever trying to be funny. <laughs> it's that it's, Martin McDonough type humor. Okay. It's not. It's not even that. It's like, when it's funny, you're laughing because of how terrible everything is. <laughs> Fun. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I was really shocked. I don't want to give anything away, but... There is a moment where the movie takes a turn from being maybe comedic to being absolutely horrific. Yes. And I didn't expect that moment to happen, even though everyone talks about it for a long time leading up to it. And then when it did happen, I was like, oh, fuck, what movie am I watching? Yeah. Fun. It's a hard thing to talk about, because if you talk about it as being, like you say, a horrific moment... That sounds too severe for someone who hasn't seen the movie. But also, it is very horrific. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know how to talk about it. If I had heard about it ahead of time, I wouldn't have watched the movie. But seeing it wasn't that bad, but it was also very bad. Mm. Yeah. I will say, I love the actress who plays the actual banshee in the movie. The woman who is the metaphor for death. Just hanging out all the time is very funny to me. Yeah, I do like her little hut. And her, like, she wears, like, four capes all the time. Oh, man, so the premise of this one is that a banshee is just an Irish witch. (laughs) That Um, that says titular banshee, but no, 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 no. But she's just a weird old woman. She is a weird old woman who portends death, which is basically what a banshee is. Yeah, I mean, that's true. The people who made the movie said, yes, this woman is representative of the concept of Banshees. <laughs> so I am not just pulling this out of my ass. This is She is the Banshee. Well, I said before the Oscars that this movie has the best name of the year for sure, because in the movie, a character writes a song and names it the Banshees of Inisherin, and he says he does it because it sounds cool. And that's the name of the yep. movie. So it's the name of a movie that just sounds cool, which is yep. the best way to name a movie. That's true. Did you know that Brendan Gleeson actually did write that song? I have heard that, yeah. Uh, Yeah, pretty good. Brendan Gleeson is one of my favorite actors. I wanted to try and see this movie in theaters. That's probably part of why I haven't watched it yet, is because 
my ideal viewing experience is to go to a dark room uh, at 10 a.m. that no one else is in to watch a movie that will make me sad. Mm-hmm. You could just hang up curtains. I have curtain. I can make my room very dark, but it's so well, it's go. so full of objects. <laughs> I've got yeah. a cat here. I can eat snacks. <laughs> I mean, you can eat snacks at the movie theater as well. <laughs> at those prices? Oh, oh. Waka, uh, anyway, waka, waka. <laughs> I always forget because of how much he likes to play weird, goofy cartoon creeps. How good of an actor Colin Farrell is. Yeah, he's very good he's in this. He's incredible in this movie. I mean, Brendan Gleeson is also very good, but holy shit, like, the journey that his character goes on in this movie, it, that Colin Farrell's character goes on in this movie, is unreal, and yet you buy it entirely because of how well he does it, performing it. Yeah, it is it's, really amazing. And we, we see everything from his perspective, so you do get more of a chance for his emotions and things. It's good. Yeah. It's interesting that you didn't expect darkness from it, considering that it's Martin McDonough. I did expect darkness from it. I didn't expect the darkness to be so... How do I say this? Like, un lightened (laughs) like usually i find i mean i don't know that much about martin mcdonough like i didn't know that that was the person who directed this movie which is fine um he wrote the he wrote the pillow man that play that we saw or were in in college yes (laughs) um i usually in like dark comedies when something very horrible happens it's constantly undercut to make it not so like unrealistically horrible um that you can't identify with the character anymore but they don't do that in this movie to the point where i genuinely thought wondered if this movie was going to be about the about brendan gleason's character just being an insane person i mean it kind of is is. yeah i think it must be (laughs) really but Uh. yeah it's heightened because everything in the movie is extremely realistic so then when yes. there's this fantasy, like, magical realism level to something bad happening, it's like, uh, it's, it, it hits extra hard, I feel like. I think what's, in the, the best thing about the movie is the fact that it manages to be saying something on so many different levels and still be a good movie. Mm-hmm. It It has a lot to say about the way in which we as people growing affect the people around us and whether that can be done in a good way or a bad way and like what we are allowed to expect from other people as we grow as humans Mm -hmm. and like the fact that all of those things are in there but still watching it you're like engrossed by it and pulled along by it is pretty incredible yeah true um so anyway, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a movie that I felt had a um, an interesting observation about the human experience in a way that didn't feel pedantic. Yeah. And this movie definitely had that. So it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I liked how well it covered the emotions of people who don't show or deal with their emotions. Mm-hmm. I read after the fact that the writers wrote the two characters to be representative of the Irish Revolution, which is going on in mm. the background of the movie mm-hmm. as well. Um, 
which makes sense and it does sort of map to the character's actions very well but the fact that i didn't realize it as i was watching it even though i know you know enough about the irish revolution is quite a testament to them that they were able to make those large-scale political things make sense on an individual human level yeah you know what i think part of the reason why i haven't seen this movie yet is because the last movie that he wrote and directed was three billboards outside ebbing missouri one of the worst (laughs) movies i've ever seen in my life and it won a bunch of oscars so i wasn't Mm -hmm. sure to whether to trust this one or not yeah yeah well i haven't seen that one um if you want to see a movie that really swings for the fences and totally whiffs it that's one to look at but you know what i feel like i'm glad that i saw this before that because if you swing for the fences and you whiff every time then it's very then i i don't have i don't think i want to continue consuming your media but if you swing for the fences every time and sometimes you miss and sometimes you hit I get that. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna be tr- really trying to do stuff, you're gonna miss sometimes. With one hundred percent of the swings you don't take. Yeah. Cal Ripken think, said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was quoting Wayne Gretzky at the time. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> was we a picture? Was... It's funny that you picked a picture to talk about. <laughs> I think hitting. He was like a third baseman or something. <laughs> Pitchers bat as well, don't they? Only I mean, half the league. Yeah, rarely. Really? Yeah, because they'll mess, huh. they'll mess up their valuable arms doing it. Mm. The designated hitter often takes the uh, words, words, words. The yeah, okay. Role yeah, there. We get it. You know, <laughs> I was giving real facts, so I got instantly bored. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, anyway, that's a good movie. I also watched Waking Ned Divine, which is a good movie, mm-hmm. as we all know. Is that a- another Irish? Flick. Oh yes, extraordinarily yeah. so. Yeah. Yes, it's quite twee. I mean, it's good, but it's also quite twee. It's very much. <laughs> As I was watching it, I realized I don't know. I don't care or know about the people who write or direct these movies. I know I should, but I don't. Um, but it seems like this person wrote a movie about a guy winning the lottery and dying, mm-hmm. and another separate movie set in like the 1600s about two men trying to buy a woman to be their wife yeah and then he was like oh shit i neither of these is long enough and yet they're set in different centuries can i just mash them together and he did and it doesn't make any sense (laughs) because the the romance quote-unquote in this movie is literally two men negotiating with this woman's father about whether or not they can buy her to marry her and i'm like this is set in the 90s (laughs) what the fuck yeah, yeah. That's just what Ireland was like back then. <laughs> it wasn't! I was there! I've been there! Yeah, they say if you remember it, you weren't really there. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, it, it's, it's you, still a funny movie, though, huh? Have you seen In Bruges? I haven't. No, I haven't. Not in a long time, but I remember liking it, and then I thought Seven Psychopaths was fine. No, I mentioned In Bruges specifically because it's the same guys and the same director, so mm. yeah, I feel like maybe I should watch that. They were they were both in Seven Psychopaths? Uh, I think Colin Farrell's in that one. We're talking about right Banshees of Inisherin now, yes. not Waking yes. Dead Divine. Oh, Got right. it. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> You really threw me there. I was like, which guys from Waking Dead Divine were in, in Bruges, for fuck's sake? 
That's that would be McDonough, wild with that weird. Farrell and uh, Gleason all in this other movie. I see. Which is completely different in tone, as far as I understand. But I feel like I need yeah, to see I mean, it. I'll be honest, the only reason that I watched Banshees of Inna Sharon is because I thought it was going to be a mm. lot more comedic than it was. <laughs> and I don't think I would have watched it if I'd known how bleak it ended up being, which is what I think In Bruges is, and so I will not watch that. I love probably. that Fair enough. both of your reviews for this movie are, I wouldn't have watched it if I had known what it was like, but I did enjoy <laughs> but it. But you should, no. yeah. Uh, see, no, for me, it's I wouldn't have watched it if I had heard about... See, as I say this, there's some mild body horror. If I say that, that sounds like something I wouldn't have wanted to see. So if I say that to other mm-hmm. people, I feel like they won't want to watch it. But having seen it, yes, it was body horror, and it didn't bother me in that way. It bothered me in other ways, and I think it was a good movie. It's very complicated. Yeah. Interesting. I will watch I just, this film. I think that I uh, am not... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just not the kind of person who really wants to sit down to a, like a heavy, dense film that is... Yeah trying to do something profound and i think if someone had told me that's what this movie was i wouldn't have watched it and this is a movie that does do profound things but i don't think it's i don't think that's the point of the movie it does them all by accident (laughs) yeah well not by accident but like that's incidental to the 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 overarching story yeah Hmm. anyway uh it's really good and I think that that woman who played Death should get an Oscar. Well, okay. they already did the Oscars, and she I didn't. Know. <laughs> well, next year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Bad news. When they, when they add the best portrayal of Death in a film category. <laughs> from, last, from one of last year's Oscar winners. Well, they have to issue... When they add a new category, as we all know, they have to issue retroactive ones all the way back to the beginning of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, well, we know true. the Oscars love to give awards based on careers rather than performances. So yeah, next year, true. when she's in a romantic comedy, she's going to win because she should have mm-hmm. won for this one. It's true. Scorsese's first Oscar was The Aviator? Come on. <laughs> and they thought they were voting for Avatar, you see. Before Avatar came out. <laughs> yeah, the, but so they excited. knew. They knew it was coming. So <laughs> horny for that Avatar. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were like, oh man, we gotta connect with Awa and learn the way of water. And other I such genuinely... Places. I cannot believe how many people who whose opinions on film I respect like avatar <laughs> the worst movie <laughs> including you jeff i respect your opinion on film and yet That's i can't believe you like nice that terrible nice terrible say. movie um well. i here's the thing i don't um i don't advocate watching it at home um or on any screen except one that is the biggest possible screen that you can see a movie on um, and if you could tolerate 3D, that as well. Um, I I like it the same way I like a roller coaster. Do I think that it's a profound piece of art? No. Did I have fun experiencing it? Sure did. Mm-hmm. I just don't... I can't... For me, I can't get behind the idea that a... That a 
piece of media that is presumably for storytelling, the story shouldn't matter. <laughs> you know? That's I fair. feel like if if it can't translate down to the small screen, then it's probably not a good enough story to be a good movie. Mm, we're back That's kind of how I feel. This musical, huh? We're back on this musical tip where sometimes the plot is not the point of the movie. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Sometimes it's not. Like in Avatar and Avatar, <laughs> The Way of Water, in theaters now, probably still. Yeah, probably. Probably. Anyway, the reason that I have a hard out today, which is why we're doing a slightly condensed version of the show, is because I'm going to go see uh, a filmed, in a theater, a filmed production of um, The Crucible. That is, you know, those, like, filmed stage productions that they do in movie Fathom theaters. Fathom events thing? type stuff. Yeah, yes. that kind of thing. Um, and I'm excited, because The Crucible is a very good play. Who's that? I don't think anyone famous. Oh, that's weird. Just a just a very good production of a good play. Huh. So. Usually it's like Benedict Cumberbatch in The Crucible, One Night Only. I mean, there might be. I haven't really researched it. I just, okay. Jen was like, hey, they're doing The Crucible. We both like that play. You want to go see it? And I was like, yep. Okay. That'll be fun. So, yeah, it should be good. I hope anyway, you Anyway, everyone, everyone run, don't walk to the theaters to go see The Banshees of Sharon. <laughs> it's free on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, you can just watch it. Yep. It's great. That's what mm. I did, and I enjoyed it. Yep. So All right, so what do we... Yeah, well, <laughs> we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page and enter a random word to see a list of articles requested related to that word so that we can give people advice on how to do these things. And today's word is advocate. Ooh, if only it was avocado. I've been into those lately. Really? Wait, yeah. just lately? Like it's a new it, thing for you? It comes and goes in waves. After a while, I'll be like, what the fuck? This avocado costs $4 and I don't even want it. And then I can't have avocados <laughs> for six months. I made a, a salad like a week ago and it had some chopped up avocado in there. And I remember thinking as I put it in there, like... I hate avocado, but this is probably fine. It's, there's so many other things going on, I won't even notice it. But my god, when you get a mouthful of avocado, what an abysmal experience. <laughs> it's, it's just like goopy paste that tastes like the smell of rotten asparagus. It's so bizarre to me that people uh, just eat avocado like as is. Yeah, yeah, like bite into it like an apple. <laughs> so weird. Or like, you know, peel it and face. scoop it and just eat it plain. Yeah. Well, it, with some salt, that's all you need sometimes. Right. I, I've seen people not do that part. Mm. It's such a flavor void. It's so oily that like, I feel oily. like it needs more salt and sugar than people uh, usually have with it. I salt or sugar, not both. I like it kind of sugar on avocado. I mean, I'm not even saying that that's bad. It's just it's stunning to me that that's something someone would try. Oh yeah. I mean, I I I have no strong opinion about that either way. Uh, but I figured offer the option for sweet at least. Yeah, you can make a <gasps> vegan pudding with avocado. <laughs> yeah, I've I had mean, that. it's not terrible. <laughs> Once you cover up the avocado what? flavor, it tastes. Uh, I mean, the avocado. That's the thing. Avocados are basically flavorless. No, see? That's absolutely <laughs> untrue. This is what I'm disagreeing about. I think it has a great flavor on its own. It tastes like delicious, mm, indescribable vegetable flavor, but with a little bit of salt, I love it. 
You don't think it smells, it tastes like that smell you get when you clean out the bottom of your vegetable drawer and it's got, like, unidentifiable liquids in there? I know what you're talking about, but no, I don't think avocado tastes like Really? That. Yeah. Oh, I feel like that's the overwhelming flavor. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing that happened to me when I said that I felt like whenever you put cucumber in something, everything just tastes like cucumber and everyone thought I was insane. No, you're right about that. But some people think cucumber has barely any flavor. Yeah, maybe they don't have. But it doesn't. It's so powerful. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like everyone's mouths experience things differently, but we all pretend that they experience things the same. Yeah, we definitely do that. (laughs) What's that? We definitely do that. We pretend that everyone has the same taste buds, and they certainly do not. Yeah, it's wild. Like, there's so many things out there where people are like, "Oh, this is like." This is the right way to eat scallops or whatever, but it if everyone if everyone's mouth works differently, then you can't say that what works for you is good. It would be like saying this is the right color to paint your walls. Yeah, people are always doing this to me when I'm like, you know, beer. I don't like it. It tastes so bitter, and then people are like, no, it, it's not. No, it's not bitter. You need to try this type of beer. It's like it's what, oh, it's what they like about it. They like that it's bitter. Yeah. Don't you get it? They're all extremely bitter. I do think that it's interesting, though, because um, there are so many acquired tastes in the world. And I'm glad that I stuck with beer, even though it tasted terrible when I started, because (laughs) I eventually developed a taste for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people try to encourage others to have that same experience. But it's like it's hard to tell when oh, this tasted bad for me, but doesn't anymore, is different from this is this tastes bad for me and always will. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I guess I just, when I say that, people are always like, well, try this one. This one, I swear, mm-hmm. like they become super invested. This one isn't bitter at all. And then when I try it and I say it is, like they don't, they can't accept that. <laughs> and they're like, no, okay, there's something but wrong. Have you, have you tried Lambic? Though? Oh my because God. Because that will not t- be bitter at all. <laughs> Uh, I like, can just eat bread if I want the, the good taste. <laughs> there are, like, there are things that are technically uh, within the legal constraints of beer yeah. that aren't bitter, but, like, they're not good. Yeah, At that point, just drink, like, good. whiskey and soda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lambics are good. Lambics are good, and they just taste like fruit soda, but they are technically beer. All right. <sighs> Yeah, I would just rather have, like, a fruit soda with some booze in it. <laughs> yeah. Not your dad's cherry root beer or whatever. I do, yep. I do like those. Yeah, I like those too. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I remember when that was a fad, but no one talks about it anymore. I was very sad when I first when I went to the, the big beer store and couldn't find any of those. The, uh, the Coney Island Brewing Company stopped making their hard root beer and they just make regular beer the not your father stuff is like i don't see it around that much yeah you know, i think i saw it when i went to kansas over christmas but i haven't seen it around here so it might be like yeah. back to being only regional or something i did like that for a while there there was all those hard sodas so that there wasn't quite so much freezer or fridge space at the liquor store dedicated to terrible ipas that were from breweries that were going to shut down in a month (laughs) which is still most of the the beers at every liquor store that's true 
freaking got him. I just don't get it. Why? Yeah, I'm not why do we need so many ty- types of IPAs? I know it's the easiest type of beer to brew, but like, I don't want it. No one wants it. Yeah. Some people, some people like them. They don't. I bet they don't. <laughs> Chris likes them. That's his favorite type. Impossible. I mean, Chris likes terrible things. Yeah, <laughs> like that's true. Podcast. He's friends with all of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey. Oh, hi, Chris. <laughs> hi, Chris. <laughs> anyway. Bye, Chris. Boo, and got him. Us is standing behind oh, him. No! Us <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finally. We finally killed him. But... Could you do? Would this be a, no? Shut up. Would this be a good premise for a murder novel, like a murder mystery? Is a guy records podcasts for people and then times his murdering of them perfectly to when it's happening in the podcast? This would be a Here's great a premise that... for an episode of The Twilight Zone or like a reboot of Columbo. Yeah, or the new season of Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> But here's the thing, though. If you kill them instantly like that, like like Jeff was saying, you had that little moment, like, here's the ironic moment, now you're dead. No one ever gets to enjoy the irony of that moment. You do. Do you mm. enjoy it? I feel like I wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't be enough. I feel like if being You'd a serial killer You need to start killing a- more. <laughs> <laughs> if being a serial killer is about anything, it's about discovering pleasures that are just for you. <laughs> This one, this murder, that's just for me. The other, yeah. they all are political gain, but not this one. <laughs> like, if you're a serial killer, you're doing all kinds of shit that is just to heighten your pleasure of the moment. Yeah. that no one else will ever be able to appreciate. You know? Yeah, you're- I feel like that's how a lot of them slip up and they start to tell someone about the murders because they're like, I gotta share this. Mm-hmm. See if hey guys, yeah. <laughs> check this out. If if you you'd have. The only way to get away with it, you have to be two serial killers at once. Yeah. You have to be one guy. You have to be one guy who's like, this is the Zodiac speaking. I'm getting revenge on the police. And then you only kill like cops in a specific way. And then the ones that are just for you between every of those or like sometimes two between so that it doesn't develop a pattern. (laughs) You need to be a lady on the streets, but a freak in the bed is what I would say. Mm, Like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm, exactly. You want to be both Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a combination that's never been seen before. Has mm. anyone, and I'm as I'm saying this, I'm 100% sure it must be true, but I don't know. Has anyone ever made a story like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, except the Dr. Jekyll side is trying to solve murders that it turns out the Mr. Hyde side is doing? I'm certain I've seen that before, but I'm trying to that's, remember where. It's kind of what that's American Psycho is about, if you think about Incredible it. The Incredible Hulk? <laughs> I mean, he knows that he's doing that now, right? He knows the Hulk is performing those uh, building flattenings. <laughs> right? I feel like there's a werewolf movie about this. Okay, that makes sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna realize it in two days, and I'm gonna be so mad at myself. Googling split personality where the detective is hunting himself. Eh. Is that what Seven is about? No. Yeah, Brad Pitt was doing. Is that what? Wait, is this literal? Literally, is this what Fight Club is about? Hmm. Probably, right? It kind of is. Yeah, and like I said, American Psycho is also kind of this, except he's not really trying to solve the murders. Also, and he, he might not be doing, doing them. 
Yeah, he and let him yes. Go. But he also is like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's unclear. It's nothing like it, except that it's a guy who does murders. He's realizing that it's happening to him, as well as not happening to him, though, so that's something. Uh, I guess. Yeah. How do we you should write this. This but, would be a good book. Yes. How do you create a devil's advocate lesson for the classroom? Oh, yeah. We didn't actually mm, do any Keanu of this. You Keanu Reeves huh? and uh, who was the devil in that Al Pacino? one? Al Pacino? <laughs> was he the devil? Or was he just a guy who was like a lawyer but was friends with the devil? <laughs> Every time I discover that that movie is actually about a guy who's a lawyer for the devil, <laughs> it makes me insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Al Pacino is supposed to literally be the devil in that, yes. Okay. Oh, Two-Face. I've never seen it. Two-Face. He's the district attorney, and he doesn't know he's Two-Face. He does know he's Two-Face. <laughs> he looks in the mirror, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right, I'm Two-Face. Eventually. <laughs> he, he had to go to that tailor to get all of his suits cut in half. <laughs> yeah, Two-Face did that, though. He's Harvey Dent did that. his apartment, and his vision drifts slightly to the left, and then he realizes that half of his apartment is all evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's oh, my <laughs> two girlfriends, Drew Barrymore and yep. that woman that looks like Fran Drescher. Debbie Mazar. Yes, thank you. <laughs> he's uh, he's blind in the one eye that got hit with acid, so he can't see oh. that side of his apartment. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, his head doesn't turn anymore. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, his neck muscles I mean, are all destroyed from the acid. <laughs> he probably couldn't turn his head in that makeup, to be fair. Yeah. That's the best depiction of Two Face. We can all agree, right? The Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Jones one. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that one. The, what's his face in the newer movies? Maybe so mad where his face is like so burned off, but he can still like talk and stuff. No, you couldn't. I know. <laughs> like your voice would be fucked up if you didn't have cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> How obviously? <laughs> I had the same thought, and I looked into it years and years ago, and apparently mm. they like tried it realistic and it looked so gross that it was distracting that's what well, that, yeah. yeah they were trying to do that right but like they had to make it more ridiculous looking so that it would be less distractingly gross uh, but they should have had him be talking like a phantom of the opera after the accident because he's got a big hole in the side of his face he he should have been drooling and like <laughs> lisping yeah uh, uh, you say God, it like a Phantom to... of the Opera, but the Phantom of the Opera famously could sing beautifully, so... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he you should have been sing singing beautifully, but he talks like a monster man. <laughs> no, I guess I'm thinking more about, like, Igor, or, um... Oh, yeah. Like, Renfield-type talking. Quasimodo. Yes, exactly. I never like, want to give Christopher Nolan the note, Hey, can you make this guy sound worse <laughs> in your movie? But, I want it to be no. harder to understand him. <laughs> But this this is the whole thing of him, though, is that he always makes people's voices fucked up, but in a way that makes them harder to understand instead of just sound weird. Uh-huh. And it's possible to just do a voice. You don't have to make it, like, do a voice, but you also have to talk through a diaper the whole movie. Like, you don't have to do that part, Christopher Nolan. No, Tom Hardy brought his own diaper. That wasn't even on Nolan. <laughs> well, um... Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he doesn't 
he needs to be drooling the whole movie. Why is there not saliva leaking out of the side of his face the whole rest of the time? It's so weird. Because it's a PG-13 movie for children. (laughs) Time to get up and fight the Joker now. Like, your body would be in such shock, I don't think you could stand up. It would be... It's insane that the special effects on that side of his face are sub the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a a screen tester for the special effects in the Brendan Fraser movie, The Mummy. Oh, The Mummy. The Academy Award winner, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I've been trying to catch up on Doom Patrol because there's a new season out and watching it and then being like, wow, this... Swearing robot was voiced by Academy Award winner <laughs> Brendan Fraser. is very weird. Yeah, love it. I hope that I hope he's not too big to come back for more Doom Patrol. Although they probably won't make any more anyway because Warner Brothers is imploding. But no, I think they I think they officially canceled it already. Well, there you go. I'm really <laughs> nervous about the HBO shows I like that they officially announced last spring. Definitely were not canceled, and now I'm like. <laughs> But are they, though? I don't trust them anymore. Yeah, the fourth season of Doom Patrol that is about to be released will be the final one. It's it's half released now already. Oh. Wow. Um, I, have, I haven't caught up to it yet, though. I'm, I'm re-watching from the beginning. Oh, what a good show. It's weird, <laughs> it's weird because any individual moment of the show is bad, but when you look back <laughs> on it, you're like, this is actually good somehow. Inexplicably, good. yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, Alan Tudyk is maybe the greatest actor of our time. Eh, he's turned into too much of a uh, voiceover sounds guy, and I don't love that. Yeah, he's the best of that of our time, whatever yeah. that is. Okay. He's the Mark Hamill of our generation. Oh, wait, he does do the voice of the Joker in Harley Quinn. <laughs> yes, I stand by this. Okay. He was King Candy, right? In yep. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's very good at doing voices. I guess he's not great at just acting in live-action things. Do you yeah, think like, he's one of those guys that only ever got acting roles because he just happened to have red hair? Because I feel like that's maybe. a big chunk of... People who were actors from a young age, that's usually why. <laughs> you look at, like, Seth Green and whoever. Here's what I will say. He was maybe the funniest part of the movie Dodgeball. I was just going to say... Yeah. Uh, although, like, I don't know, I'm looking at his credits and it's all the voiceover stuff that's good. Like, Dodgeball, eh, yeah. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> but then, like, he he was the eponymous robot and I robot. And you know what? That robot's pretty good. <laughs> I haven't seen oh, that, that one. Movie sucks that movie so sucks, bad, but that though. robot's pretty cool. <laughs> the robot is the best part of that movie. You are right. But that movie's so bad. When did Will Smith decide to only make bad movies from now on? Probably like 1998. Yeah, it was definitely a while ago. You know what? You know what I'm going to say, and everyone's going to yell at me. Everyone get ready to yell at me. The movie Hancock was not terrible. Incorrect, but go on. (laughs) You you can enjoy what you like. Go off, King. It was... (laughs) <laughs> like two thirds of it was good, and then the last third of it was so bad that everyone forgets that the first two thirds was fine. Mm, you've already downgraded it in one sentence from two thirds of it was good to two thirds of it was fine. <laughs> it was a fine movie. It was okay. <laughs> You're talking yourself out yeah. of this opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still think it's better than people give it credit for, though. All right. 
because of how bad the end of it is. Mm. Does that count ba- for a movie? If part of it's bad, can the rest of the movie still be okay? And that means it's an okay movie. I think it's hard. It's a harder sell for the movie. If I'm watching it and I know there's going to be a very bad part, I'm less likely to. Yeah. Like when I tried to watch the new Batman movie and I'd already heard everyone saying that it was an hour too long. I was like, there's no way I'm going to like this. And I didn't. <laughs> but like it, there were parts of it that were good. Okay. You know? Paul Dano was pretty good in it. Was he? I don't like him. I don't really like him either, but you're not supposed to in this, so that's fine. Okay. I was mostly on his side, because he was just like, I'm going to become insane and kill all of the bad politicians. I was like, yeah, Batman, I like, don't stop him. <laughs> I liked that part of him. I didn't like the part where he riled up internet incels to harass people, because that is something bad people do. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, have we talked about advocating at all? Devil's Advocate, Louisa brought up. Yeah. Which um, we didn't really talk about. I had to call an insurance advocate the other day to ask about why I was getting a bill for something. Did the they end. Fix it up? Yeah, uh, yep, they were like, because of this. And I was like, ah, damn, okay. <laughs> That's not really the happy ending I was hoping for, but okay. Well, it was only like 20 bucks, but... Yeah. I uh, know there's probably... Is there a legal definition of advocate? There must be, right? An impartial party who's tasked with uh, supporting one. I didn't mean for person. you to very painstakingly <laughs> say what the legal definition was, Louisa. I'm trying my to point figure it out. Is, <laughs> my point is, a lot of these are like how to be an advocate for same-sex marriage in mm-hmm. random bad state like Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to the people who live in Florida, it's just your state is terrible. Um, but, like, I'm an advocate for same-sex marriage in New Jersey. I don't really do a lot about it, but if anyone's like, do you like this? I'm like, I definitely do. Yeah. Is that enough? Am I enough of an advocate? Or is there, like, do I need to have some kind of certificate that says I'm an advocate? Yeah, I think that's the thing. I mean, not a certificate, mm-hmm. but I think you need to be doing actionable things to truly be an advocate. I've gone to protests and held signs. Does that help? It, does that make me an advocate? Am I an advocate I yet? I don't know. Uh, I think an advocate is just a fancy word for a lawyer. Or mm-hmm. someone who is, like, a paralegal, like... They, they have a job related to knowing laws. I think an advocate is just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah. You know? Me and Bobby McGee. Yep. Goodbye. Advocate Advocate <laughs> for women is a very broad one, huh? Yeah. That would be a good band name. Advocate for women? Yeah. But people would always be like, is it advocate or advocate for women? You know? Well, the lead vocalist would be advocate. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I guess people are asking because I don't know how to do any of these things. Like advocate for a bike share. That sounds like a great idea. How would you do that? I don't know. I'd be looking on WikiHow as well. Yeah. I. A lot of the time when I'm saying how things should be different, mm-hmm. people tell me I should run for office, but then I'm like, how like what's the next step here remember on this podcast many years ago when i said i should run for mayor of my town yes Yes. a lot of people were like you should do it but i i don't know what the next step would be yeah like 
beyond announcing that I'm running for mayor on my podcast, I'm not sure how I would get my campaign off the ground, so to speak. You must have to fill out an official form of some kind, right? That I'm feels certain. right. Yeah. You need to get signatures from people on it, I guess? Yeah. Like a hundred signatures or something? Yeah, I know one of the steps is like, go out and meet people, and that step sounds terrible. Yeah, does it... Does, is it the same number of people regardless of the size of your town? Yeah. Like, does the mayor of New York City also only need to get a hundred signatures, <laughs> or... Yeah. I'm gonna say yes. Yes, he does. There we go. That, se- that seems a little too easy for him. <clears throat> I mean, a lot of things are too easy for the mayor of New York City. Am I right, you guys? Yes, he's a bad yep. man. I yep. agree. It's always harrowing when he is trending on Twitter, because I'll click on the trend and be like, what's happening this time? And it'll be like, he thinks that uh, the separation of church and state should be abolished. Uh, Oh, well, time to log off of this website forever. I don't understand why people who are in positions of power can't just keep their obviously bad opinions quiet like i have so many bad opinions and i'm not even famous at all so no one would give a shit if i said them but i still know not to yeah right i think that's i think that's part of it though if you were famous and when you said i have these opinions and i shouldn't say them people around you are like you should say them because you're extremely correct and uh we love you yeah your opinions are good actually yeah and then you're like maybe i will say them actually yeah i guess but i don't know Surely there's a part of your brain that's like, you don't have to say this. No. I think the more famous you get, the less there is that. Because you're like, I do have opinions, and people are telling me they want to hear them, and I should be sharing them, I guess. Yeah, the people need to know, Matt. What is your platform for running as for mayor of New York City? (laughs) I think a lot of people need to realize that, like, having opinions is a bad thing. And you should be ashamed of it. Hmm. Just in general. All your opinions are bad and you should be ashamed Uh, of having them. No, here's the catch, though. The things we were just talking about, how we want to be advocates for these things, those are our opinions and we think they're good, actually. I think it's okay to advocate for other people's opinions, (laughs) but you should never advocate for your own. Is that a good thing to say? (laughs) Yeah, that's the trap everybody gets into. You can't say you're gonna, you want someone to become a mason. They have to ask you first. Mm-hmm. Like that. Is that a thing? That's yeah. why I've never gotten in the Masons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you guys ever thought about joining one of those cults? <laughs> yes, but from what I hear, they're very toxic in their uh, management. Picky. Yeah, and then you're like paying dues and stuff for something you don't really want to be involved with. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if it would just be like, like a homeowners association. It seems like the same kinds of people who are in homeowners associations are also in the Masons. Yeah, that's true. And then it's like you get a discount at this bar for being in the Masons. It's like, well, I don't care about that, though. Yeah. And you're not allowed to get tattoos anymore or something, probably. (laughs) Matt, that's not the Masons. That's being Jewish. Jesus. (laughs) I bet there are rules about being in the Masons that would cramp my lifestyle somehow yeah probably do you think you have to take a drug test to join the masons yeah and it has to show up positive <laughs> Woo! 
This is the oh, party masons. I don't really know what masons. <laughs> oh my are, god, I dude. love the party mason. <laughs> yeah, they Can we build start a party our... out of bricks. <laughs> yes. Can we start our own cult called the Party Masons, please? Yes. See, I say that, but I don't know what the next step would be. Yeah. File the paperwork to, to get, get your cult signatures? approved. <laughs> Yeah, the people uh, who start successful cults, they really have to talk people who have some money into giving them the money, and then you buy mm-hmm. a big house somewhere impoverished so it's not too expensive, and then that's your headquarters, and then you just get other people to give you more money. That sounds like so much work. Yeah. It sounds like less work than working, though. Oh, you can go ahead and do it. <laughs> Nothing yeah, go for it, Matt. Any, do it. Start a cult. Any rich people. Not Not with that attitude, you don't. (laughs) No, see, this is exactly the same problem. How do I get, how do I find a rich person to convince to join my cult? You just need to find sad people to join your cult at first. Mm. They will become extremely loyal. Uh, Especially, I guess, college kids on a college campus, because they have no direction. And then they're going to know some rich college kids who could maybe give you money. I feel like if the first step of any plan is to hang around more on college campuses as a 40-year-old man, it's probably not a great plan. Yeah, well, do you want to start a cult or not? Ah, yes! (laughs) (laughs) You guys. You guys. (laughs) And then freeze frame. We're all smiling. Credits roll. Yep. Anyway, so that's my advice for everyone on this board is don't ever advocate for anything that you believe in. Only advocate for things other people believe Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. I think that's the only way to not become an insane person. It's true. Take us All home. Right, well, thanks, thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And please tell a friend about the show so we can continue to grow. If you want to uh, get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod, or you can join our Discord to talk to us directly. You just need to send us a message on Mastodon. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I have a lot of podcasts available at weaponizedlanguage.com and otherwise am a phantom, a ghost in the machine. Ooh, smash evil, Jeff. Hmm. Slam evil, slam, slam evil. evil. Yeah, I'm not some yep. kind of Hulk. No, that's true. And you can talk to me online at louisa at mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that everything I've said is correct. I don't know if other people are into it. I'm the best around. Banislanguage.com and otherwise am a phantom, a ghost in the machine. Ooh, smash evil, Jeff. Hmm. Slam evil, slam Slam evil. evil. Yeah, I'm not some kind of Hulk. No, that's true. And you can talk to me online at louisa at mastodon.xyz. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that everything I've said is correct. I don't know if other people are into it. I'm the best around.